Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? I'm on the road this week. It's vacation week for the house, finally. Yeah? Because you've been on like the perpetual summer vacation with your little trips right. all over the yes. place. Yeah, I know, you know, you, yes. you barely worked at all this summer. Um, but I'm headed somewhere else for the week, just, oh, just for one night. Just, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. We a, talked about that. Yeah. I'm excited about cool that for you. Cool restaurant in North Carolina. Yeah. Yep. Just for one little weekend getaway. Yeah. The chef and but, the farmer, right? Yes. Yeah. Tell Vivian so, I said hello. Will do. But you're headed out for like the summer vacation. Yes. Our summer vacation is this week. So uh, excited about that. Well, Amy, it's been kind of a, a busy week. We had a couple of slow weeks, and we had some big news drop this week, so we'll get into that here in just a minute. But uh, before we do that, as you may have heard, if you were in Phoenix or here on the episodes uh, since then, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and Boys College are inviting you to download a free copy of Essential Reading on Preaching from their new resource, Southern Equip. That is at equip.sbts.edu. You can get your free ebook now by going over there, and uh, downloading that, and uh, they got a lot of different articles and resources for you at equip.sbts.edu, so check it out today. Amy, big news this week coming out of Alabama, dropped uh, late last Friday, and uh, I kind of heard rumblings of this coming, and it is uh, come to fruition. Sanford is going to back out of Southern Baptist funding uh, after this fiscal year. Did you, did, did you anticipate this when this story began? When it first started, I, I, I knew did. it kind of, this was the inevitable. I didn't know which way we'd get to it, but this was the right. direction the car was pointed, depending on which road you took. But this is where you were right. going to end. So this goes back to a story we, we, uh, dealt with several weeks ago. Um, a student organization, uh, called Sanford Together. Uh, the idea, and and we'll we've got the Baptist Press article in the show notes um, that was provided by Jennifer Rash at the Alabama Baptist, a uh, great uh, writer. It talks about this this group is called Samford Together, and their stated purpose was to facilitate discussion of topics related to human sexuality. And the issue really was if uh, the if Samford was going to recognize um, the student organization officially. And uh, as it was officially recognized, yeah, the start, fallout just starts. They just start going. start going. Yeah, yeah. So, so it has to go in some direction. I mean, you have to come to a, a conclusion. And as you said, this was a, a potential one. I, I think I sort of expected this is where we would get. Um, but again, you just don't know how, and that's that's where we are. So, this is really a follow up to the earlier one, um, and seems to be the conclusion, which is sort of an unfortunate. Uh, place to to be. So the fallout would be a three million dollar uh, drop in funding for Samford from the Alabama Baptist State Board of Missions. Uh, it's unclear what the Alabama Baptist State Board of Missions will do with that budgeted three million dollars whenever they pass their budget later this year at the annual meeting in November. Uh, so we'll kind of keep an eye out on that and see if you know if they take that and put it back into funds. If they take it and put more funds toward Judson and Mobile. Or, uh, you know, maybe they use this as an opportunity to, to go quickly to that 50-50, which, they, which is where they, you know, have said that their intent is to go to 50-50 state funding on cooperative program funds. And we'll keep an eye on that. We'll also keep an eye on Sanford University because uh, this could have an impact at Beeson Divinity School, uh, which is there as well. Our, our friend right. Timothy George uh, runs that. 
uh, down there at Samford on the campus there. A little bit different uh, type of setup there with the Divinity School and Samford University. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's it's just something right. to watch. Sure. Can you just very quickly in a couple sentences give an explanation? You know, Beeson Divinity School is related to Samford University. It was not necessarily, it was not supported by Alabama Baptists. No, it's not because they have professors that are not yeah. Baptist and uh, it's more of a, a true divinity school. Uh, the, the big connection there is that the president of Samford appoints the dean of the divinity school. And it's after that, it's right. I, I wouldn't say it's separate. But it's it's kind of its own little entity underneath Sanford University. Right. So they'll kind of be trying to figure out what's next. Yes. Um, all right. Moving on over to NAM. Got a new director for disaster relief for NAM. The national director is now Sam Porter, who's taken over for Mickey Kaysen, who will officially retire August 31st. This is an incredible ministry. A lot of people know about this is the one that ends up in the news a lot throughout the year. Yeah, the yellow uh, shirts. It, not the same as Send Relief. No, it's not. It's a part of yeah, Sin Relief, this is the, but it's not the, the overarching right. thing. Yeah, Yeah, this is the one that, that really works with recovery efforts uh, across the country and around the world. This is the one I've, I've talked about this a couple of times before. Joel Phillips, um, who is uh, was the father of my uh, dear friend, uh, Leah Finn, Nathan Finn's wife. Uh, he was off-site coordinator for Southern Baptist Disaster Relief for years and years and years, did an incredible job. Um that that's how I learned about everything that they do. And this is where we see the, you know, when they say on the news, the Baptists, you know, have shown up at hurricanes or, you know, whatever. This is that arm. It does incredible work and is an amazing witness. And so uh, Sam Porter has a big job ahead uh, of him, and uh, we're excited to see this. Yep, and we have another new administrative position filled in the Southern Baptist Convention, this time up at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. James Cragenbring has been named the Institutional Administration Vice President. He will take over for the retiring Gary Crutcher. So uh, Gary has been there and uh, is going to take on a part-time role over the next few months during the transition. Uh, but congratulations to James Craigenbring on his arrival as VP of Institutional Administration. Excellent. That seemed like it was a, it's a really good mix. It, uh, a lot of experience in the business world, but roots in Missouri. Uh, so just a nice uh, sort of intersection of, of gifts and connections. So congratulations to Dr. Jason Allen and all the people up in Midwestern on uh, filling that role left by Gary Crutcher's retirement. Uh, moving down to Texas, Amy, got a couple of stories this week out of uh, kind of the uh, the former SBC world, uh, the interest to a lot of SBC folks here. Uh, we've talked about uh, books that we've read about the conservative resurgence and, and the different groups in there. Uh, Texas Baptist Committed, an organization that was formed during the 80s uh, to promote moderate principles and everything that was going on and eventually, uh, you know, was kind of tied with the CBF. Uh, they are announced this week that they are uh, ceasing operations due to lack of funding. Yeah, um, it said that funds have been tight for a very long time. I mean, 10 years or more um, is an interesting uh, statement in the, the blog post, which we won't link the blog. There's a Baptist Press uh, story about this, and it gives some quotes. It says, um, with no visible battle for control of the Baptist General Convention of Texas, as there was throughout most of the 1990s, many Baptists just haven't felt the urgent need for a watchdog like Texas Baptist committed. Battle fatigue was a factor, too. So uh, I think they just 
this sort of came uh, came to an end and said the decision was easy because funds had run out. You don't have to worry about what to do, but it was difficult um, as well. So I think this is uh, certainly something, I mean, a lot of people may not even know about this organization, but this is definitely something that the historians will keep track of. One more note in the CBF area, there was a story in Baptist Press this week about uh, the continued discussion centered around the exploratory committee called the Illumination Project Committee on how the CBF uh, can create a framework to seek out unity on issues where we may not all be of one mind, uh, really sp- speaking specifically to homosexuality, gay marriage, and human sexuality. Uh, so we'll kind of see where this leads, but there's an interesting article in Baptist Press I would recommend folks checking out. I mean, I know this is probably going to be a bigger story as we get closer uh, to the report sure. that, that will be coming. So committee did offer an interim report on June 29th, and the details of that are in the Baptist Press article. Right. And, uh, you know, the, the honestly, when you distill this down, they they want to figure out how to come to unity because you have all these different positions. Um, the, the real issue at question in the center of this is in the hiring practices um, of the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. Um, I think that's sort of the the tangible thing that people are looking at, trying to figure out. Um, and that's something we've watched for a little while. You, What's happened is the CBF has, has uh, not, um, when they've, you know, put, sent missionaries to the field and, and things like that in their hiring practices, it was always uh, people that were affirming a biblical view of marriage, um, traditional views of human sexuality. And uh, but there was a there was latitude for how churches handled this issue. And now there's some movement um, wanting to kind of be, be a bit more progressive on this. And they're trying to figure out how to navigate that discussion uh, because they have such a spectrum of views on this uh, among their churches. So I, this is not the last we've heard of this for sure. Uh, it's a conversation to track. Well, it's an interim report, so it's obviously not the last we've heard maybe right (laughs) thanks jonathan for that you know i was actually just trying to figure out a way to sort of wrap up the discussion but uh i appreciate your attention to detail and vocabulary i'm there i'm right there and speaking of biblical views on same-sex marriage uh quite a stir this week eugene peterson in an interview on wednesday that was released on wednesday um seemed to affirm same-sex marriage uh, came out Thursday with a statement, though, uh, walking that back. And uh, quite a week, it, it involved Lifeway. And obviously, it, at some point, uh, if you read the story, you see all that. And if you've been online this week, you've seen it all, too. Uh, but uh, it's been a busy week. Sure. But uh, it, it's been a, a yes. fascinating discussion online about this. It's hard to even know how to how to capture it for those who are active on social media. I had a thought last night, uh, and and. Listeners who maybe tracked this, uh, there's a, a friend of ours, Brandon Smith, who just recently decided he was going to like not be on social him. media anymore. I know. I thought about him last night. I thought, wow, Brandon, I bet is having the most peaceful day <laughs> today. It's been just crazy. Yeah. And a lot of things that were posted on Wednesday were out of date by Thursday. It's, it's kind of crazy how fast things turned over the week. Yeah, and uh, so I guess folks are still processing this in some ways, but uh, if you want to say one discussion, yeah, I'm sure, and if you want to say one discussion really dominated um, 
conversations, at least in social world, uh, it was definitely this one. Yeah, no doubt about that. All right, Amy, that's going to do it for our news this week. Kind of a, a light news week, some big news, but some some a light, you know, in volume uh, week of the news in the Southern Baptist world. But uh, that's going to move us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right, we're going to go back to uh, 1983. And I'm always fascinated when I'm digging back in these old uh, Baptist press files whenever uh, discussions about religious liberty come up. Because, now we know this, this is a historic Baptist position. Uh, we hear about you know folks like John Leland and uh, Roger Williams and others. Um, but the conversation, it never stops. It always pops up that this is a really high value um, of Southern Baptists. And so in, uh, in 1983, there was a big discussion um, about a constitutional amendment on school prayer. I'm going to guess you don't remember this, Jonathan, because you're too young. I don't um, remember it at all because I was probably two. You don't remember it at, at all. Time. Yeah. So when this happened, I was seven. I, so I don't remember this exact conversation, but I do remember lots of conversations about the school prayer issue uh, in sort of my late elementary school, middle school years. Um, and this was an actual constitutional amendment uh, from uh, President Reagan. And so the the Baptist Press article kind of breaks down the the back and forth uh, question that Southern Baptists really had was a statement, uh, nor shall so it said nothing in this Constitution shall be construed to prohibit individual or group prayer in public schools or other public institutions. No person shall be required by the United States or by any state um, to participate in prayer, and then there was a revision that was adding, nor shall the United States or any state compose the words of any prayer to be said in public schools. And there was this big meeting uh, with all these religious leaders um, at the White House, half hour meeting with uh, with the president. There was one Southern Baptist at the meeting uh, who was president of the round table, Edward McAteer. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, the current uh, the SBC president at that time uh, was Dr. Jimmy Draper, and he was not there because he had a uh, preaching uh, engagement at Falls Creek in Oklahoma. So hey, he declined uh, to attend that meeting. Yeah, Falls, yeah, Creek. Falls yeah. Creek again. But uh, he had he sent a letter. He said that most Baptists could not support an amendment that fails to guarantee that government officials at all levels will not compose prayers to be recited in public schools. And that was just incredibly important. He said voluntary prayer had to be student-initiated prayer, that that's, that's where Southern Baptists um, were on this. Um, and then there was lots of back and forth. Uh, this story has um, Jerry Falwell interpreting the wording uh, that no official body could compose the prayers. You've got... Um, Pat Robertson uh, was sort of involved in this, hoping that, you know, the revised language. He interviewed the president this week. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I mean, some of these names are, even Jerry Falwell, it's not the same. Big week for Pat Robertson. Yeah, it's it's not the same Jerry Falwell, but Jerry Falwell is showing up in this story. His son is showing up in the news a lot. So this was a very big discussion, and Southern Baptists were really involved in the nuances, uh, even at some point with you know, 
there that with the folks that we really worked with a lot uh, during that time, but that the nuances, the wording uh, really mattered. We had a very specific position. Uh, and I'm also throwing in the show notes a resolution on prayer in schools from 1982, because this was a, a an ongoing conversation, this, this uh, issue over the constitutional amendment, which, as most people would know, uh, people who are out there, thinking what constitutional amendment on prayer uh on school prayer well it we never really made it that far uh, but it certainly was uh, a discussion at that time and i think it's really interesting uh to us to just track some of these things that were happening to look back at them to look at our positions um, as they were articulated by some of our leaders uh, this teaches us something. It just kind of wrote, these nuances help us to to think through where we stand uh, on a number of things. Uh, but I just thought it was really interesting. So we're all we started talking about religious liberty in the beginning. Um, we have been talking about religious liberty in the past year, and in 1983, we were definitely talking about it this week in SBC history. All right. Well, that's going to move us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week is a new website. Amy, I don't know if you've seen it yet, evangelismrenewal.com. It's a partnership between LifeWay and the North American Mission Board, uh, really trying to get evangelism back in the conversation, and we're challenging churches to have uh, a million gospel conversations total over the next year before uh, June of 2018. So uh, you can go over there, you can find resources for evangelism, get a free ebook from Dr. Rayner. Uh, we're going to have more and more coming to that site, some gospel conversation videos uh, from different groups in the SBC. And uh, it's it's just going to be a place that you can go and, and get information and encouragement for evangelism, for gospel conversations, for you and your church. So check it out today at evangelismrenewal.com. Amy, your resource of the week is? My resource of the week is a book that's coming out in a few weeks, except for some people who have copies early. Because some people I'm are talking awesome. about you. Yes. yes. So you're going to get some fun beach reading this week. The rest of us are having to wait. Uh, it's a new book coming out on August 1st. I have already uh, pre-ordered my copy of this. Um, it is Steal Away Home, uh, Charles Spurgeon and Thomas Johnson, Unlikely Friends on the Passage to Freedom by Matt Carter and Aaron Ivey. Um, and it's telling a story of... Um, uh, of the relationship between Thomas Johnson, an African American missionary, and his friendship um, with uh, his friendship with Charles Spurgeon. So, uh, Johnson was an American slave. It's not about baseball. It's not about baseball. No, oh, steal away home everything. is not about baseball. I don't even know how to respond to you sometimes with these things. Um, it's a joke. Anyway. Yes. So there's a lot. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, you know, kind of interest sparked in the last few years. Uh, Midwestern B and H uh, have contributed to have contributed to this uh, with the Spurgeon Library, the Spurgeon Center, all of the research that's come out. I have a bobblehead in my office of Charles Spurgeon, um, and we have a Spurgeon uh, study Bible coming later this fall too. Yes, saw that. That'll have to be a resource of the week uh, down the road. So I just saw that today um, on Twitter. But anyway, so I saw this book popped up and I just love personal stories that kind of pop up in some of these things. So I don't know a ton about this story at all, which is why I'm excited about 
reading this book. So you're going to have to tell us after your beach vacation. I, I'm going to want to know next week how the book was. Amy, I'm looking forward to it. I'll, I'll have to let you know next week. So hopefully I'll be able to get through it. You know, it, being at the beach is sometimes relaxing, but whenever you have four kids and you don't sometimes always have a lot of time to read uh, because there's a lot going on with four kids at the beach and my sister-in-law's two kids. So there's going to be like 11 of us at this beach house this week. So, you know, look ahead to the future because I can tell you when they're all like above elementary school, which you have more kids, uh, you you guys have more kids than we do, but uh, it gets easier and easier the older they get. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it, though. It should be fun anyway. So first time for, I think the little is their first time at the beach that they'll remember. So it'll it'll be fun. So Oh, fun. Well, Amy, that's going to do it for us this week. We'll keep an eye out to see what happens next week in the SBC, and we'll report back then. Uh, but until then, we'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.